citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. Till Becky Saw goes. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything, while people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. for rules. The answer is always more. The way I fly, they will never find us. I forgot to tell you. What? Radar. Will they will they shoot at us? Hey, hey everybody, welcome to you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're gonna take a look at the First major blockbuster of 2020 and the last. Is that fair to yeah, say? Kind of. <laughs> I think it's the only, well, maybe not blockbuster. The first major superhero film to be released this year. No, Birds of Prey. Damn it. Or is it a villain? I, say. I mean, hero? I mean, there, it's kind of, well, that's not. Uh, that's like a Disney movie. I'm just, we're just saying this again from the top because the hell with it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to talk about the first major experiment in Warner Brothers' bet against the theaters with HBO (laughs) Max. Wow. Uh, Today we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Or is it just 84? I don't know. I've seen it both I'm ways, just really. I'm going to go with just 84. Okay. Wonder Woman 2, the the one, sequel to Wonder Woman starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal. Um, so this was dropped on Christmas Day on HBO Max uh, and also in theaters, if you're lucky enough to live in a state where theaters are open. Ryan and I are in Pennsylvania right now where all the movie theaters are closed, or at least they should be. Some of them are probably not because people like to fight our governor. Uh, right. <laughs> so we all saw this on HBO Max. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Um, what do you guys think of watching a film like this on a streaming platform? I, you know what? I thought it was fun. I think that it was it was a little bit weird at first because I was like, okay, here's this new movie. I already just paid for HBO Max. Here's all these old movies. I can just watch this new one. But I kind of really loved, like, being able to be on my couch with my wife and make shitty comments the whole time and not feel like I have to be, like, locked in, in like, the movie theater like I usually do. Yeah, I had a little bit of the same experience. Ryan, how about you? Yeah. Okay, so um, we didn't – okay, so one of the things that I like about being able to stream new movies at home instead of going to the theaters because we didn't watch this – we didn't watch this one together – like Kristen had no interest in it. So, um, but one thing that we do, that I do enjoy about this whole new concept is like, if I miss something, we can rewind it real quick where, where, you know, in the movie theater, I can't, you know, march to the manager and say, Hey, um, I missed that phrase that that guy said like two minutes ago. Can you just re rewind the film? (laughs) I mean, you could, (laughs) you could try. (laughs) There's a yeah, name for people like that, that though. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So before we get into what we thought of the sequel, what did you guys think of Wonder Woman, the first film from t- 2017? Well, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, it's one of the few DC movies I actually bought because um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the first one uh, that I remember, it, it, just because the feel of it. Um, it was better <laughs> than pretty much everything else that they've made so far. I think um, I, I really liked Aquaman when I first saw it, but then I tried to rewatch it at one point and 
I was trying to remember what I liked about it, and I couldn't think of anything, so I stopped watching it. <laughs> really, Aquaman doesn't hold up to a second viewing. Oh no, not not to me. It doesn't. Oh, to other that's people, a shame. probably, but it doesn't to me. Like it's okay. Yeah. Devin, how about the you? first Wonder Woman did? Um, oh yeah, no, the first Wonder Woman still does. Yeah. So I liked the first Wonder Woman, and I liked it for a few reasons. Uh, one of the big reasons I liked it was. At the end, Chris Pine was given a watch, and he was like, I wish we had more time. And if it was a worse movie, just before the plane blew up, he would have been like, more time, and would have like looked at the watch and like wound it backwards and would have like rewound time and saved himself, and it didn't do it. They let Chris Pine die. I thought that was great. I liked the first movie because it did stuff like that. It didn't like fall into the same kind of superhero cliches that it very much could have. I'm saying that now because it's important for later. Trust me. Yeah, I enjoyed the first one. I I think part of what the first one has going for it is the first two-thirds of the movie. The third act kind of Mm -hmm. falls apart because it becomes the same thing that all the DC movies were doing at the time, which is giant beam of light in the sky, dark battle with a CGI villain, because you had the same thing Mm -hmm. in Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, and then Wonder Woman, you had her fighting... um, the professor from Prisoner of Azkaban. That's um, right, yeah. <laughs> so it, the ending kind of fell flat for me. Um, but I overall, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed um, the No Man's Land sequence in the middle of it. Um, and that was like the last time I went to the theater with a big group. Like we were, I was working oh, wow. on a feature film at the time. So the one day after wrapping, we all went cast and crew went to the theater together and saw huh. Wonder Woman. Friend of the show, Mike was there and he hadn't seen a superhero movie in years. He's like, I don't know what the hell I just saw. Uh, that's so funny, but it, it was a great time. And I think that's the last time I went with a large group to the theaters. Um, and that was three years ago. Wow. Um, so that being said, that's our thoughts on Wonder Woman. What are you guys' thoughts on Wonder Woman 84 without getting into spoilers? Like, general thoughts. I want to rename this movie to Wonder Woman meets Teen Witch. Okay. And I will expand <laughs> on that later. Okay. <laughs> this movie for me felt like, okay, do you remember Indiana Jones 3? Yes. Where there's this scene when he's young Indiana Jones and he yeah. does one thing. And it's where he gets his whip, his hat, his fear of snakes, all of the things. This movie felt like that for me. This movie felt like a grab bag of, remember this Wonder Woman thing? Remember this Wonder Woman thing? Remember this one? Here they all are. And it was fine. I, I, I had fun with the movie. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again. Okay. If I had to rename this movie, and I, this isn't my joke, I would rename it Wonder Woman 84 Minutes Too Long. Um, <laughs> I completely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. It, there's a lot of good things in this movie, but a lot of why did you do that? Like, why, why is this the choice that you're making for the sequel? I, overall, compared to the first one, I think this one falls flat. Um, I have some issues with some things that they did story-wise. Um, I think all the performances are great. I think everyone is giving their a game in this. Um, It's nice to see Kristen Wiig not doing a straight up target lady for the bad guy. Uh, They they change it up a bit for her. I think Pedro Pascal does make an interesting um, Maxwell Lord. Um, Do you know, does anybody here know anything about the backgrounds of either Maxwell Lord or Cheetah? Like, does anybody know them at all before this movie? I've seen that's her name. Yeah. Yeah. I I had subtitles on and it said Cheetah. That's, that's, I mean, I did too, but I didn't really like, I just, she's talking, they're subtitles. Those are her subtitles. Like, I don't even look at like who's saying what most of the time. In my mind, she's Chitara. I don't know enough about DC villains. Like, mm-hmm. I was watching this and I'm like, oh, she's like the female version. She's like the, she's 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 like the the, the woman version of Cravon the Hunter, I guess. Craven. Okay. Like, Craven yeah. the uh, uh, the Hunter. Like, that's how I related to her. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she's a human with like animalistic tendencies. Okay, cool. She's an apex predator. Got it. And she magically you know, from her powers and being able to be granted rage, she turned, she grew fur. I, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it was an interesting choice for her. But as far as Maxwell yeah. Lord no- goes, I had mm-hmm. seen him on other DC stuff. He was okay. he appeared in Smallville at one point, played by two different oh. actors because they had to recast. And I think he showed up on Supergirl. Is it the same thing though? He like grants wishes? Not really. It's more of the uh, <clears throat> criminal <clears throat> boss, like. Kind of like a gangster type thing, like a mobster. Like the kingpin. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, that makes sense. But for the 80s setting, I think what they did with him makes sense for this film. Yeah. And from what from a few interviews that I saw with Gal Gadot, they weren't going for like a Trump stand-in. But like you have a businessman like that in the 80s, you're going to think Donald Trump. So... That's the first thing I thought, especially when he was like, I'm a TV personality. I'm a businessman. I'm like, that's Trump in the early 90s. I didn't think about that at all. I I didn't even make the connection until someone said it. Hmm. Yeah. So you guys didn't know about those two characters at all going in? No. No. Romana had told me that Kristen Wiig is Cheetah, and I went, that's going to be a weird choice. But I thought that actually, I thought it worked. I liked her in that role. Yeah, I liked her yeah, too. She's good in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll I'm get it. We'll, we'll get into the uh, the end battle when we get into spoilers. Um, good. So I don't. I don't think this is technically spoilers because it's. <clears throat> I get. I'm trying to figure out how if we can talk about Chris Pine, outside of spoilers or not. I think that we can talk about the fact that he's in the movie. And how he did in it, I don't think we could talk about how he comes back okay. yet. Because that is go. very spoilery. And oh, I thought okay. he well, was, before before yeah. we get into all of that, because that is that that is gonna get into spoilers. What did you guys think of the film taking place in nineteen eighty four? Did that add anything to the movie for you? Did it do you think it needed to be placed in nineteen eighty four of all years? I don't think they needed to name the movie based on the year that it was set in. Like they just could have done like Wonder Woman 2, like the dangerous wish or something or, you know, and like it, it, it just could have been set in the mid 80s. Like they might have had like a calendar that said it was 1984 in the background, but there was no reason for this to be named after the year it took part in. I mean, for crying out loud, this this could have taken place in 1979 or 1991 and they could have named it WW91 and you would have had the same thing with Chris, you know, Pine going, ooh, what's this? Ooh, what's this? Which I want a movie just of Chris Pine reacting to futuristic Mm -hmm. things. (laughs) Yes, agreed. Completely agreed. (laughs) I don't know if the... Yeah, I don't think the 84 setting was absolutely necessary for this movie. I think when you get into the Cold War aspect of that they play with in the third act, I think it's like this is why we're picking the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, though, it doesn't really add much except for, hey, here's a here's a centerpiece at a mall. Right. That's like, there's like a few, yeah. like, it's like a butt of a couple of jokes. Like, hey, here's a fanny pack. They're cool. Which, by the way, I think Chris Pine's the only person that can still pull off a fanny pack. He rocked it. Um, no, no, but this I, movie is set in 84. <clears throat> Anybody can pull off a fanny pack, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's the lie they tell you. But no, 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 I, no I agree. It's 1984. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think that it needed to be in 84. Like, I think that it was fun. I think the whole, like, fun and games of the movie was, like, Chris Pine saying, what's this? It's weird. But, like... Mm-hmm. It could have been any time, really. I think it just, it felt like somebody watched season three of Stranger Things, went, let's have that in our superhero movie. That'll be a cool hook. And they did it. Do you think you could have told this story in a post-Justice League world, knowing that Batman and Flash and all, like the rest of the Justice League exists in the world? Do you think this movie would have still been what it is if, you had other superheroes around instead of just Wonder Woman. I think that, no, because they would have had to have gotten involved somehow. Like, the Flash would have had, because like, this seemed like it was, like, a worldwide thing. It was broadcasting everywhere. And I feel like they wouldn't have, like, guilt trip. Um, sorry, I don't want to say that. I feel like the ending would have turned out differently if it was multiple super. This would have been like a Justice League level film because it's a worldwide event. Okay, so do you think that's do you think that's the main reason they went with eighty four? Like, 
setting it in a different time period? Okay, so for me, when it comes to the whole, like, I don't understand how Superman didn't get involved somehow. Because, <clears throat> I mean, he's still around. He just isn't out yet as Superman. He's still Clark Kent on the farm, right? I think he's still a kid, right? I don't think he's on Earth yet. I no, was no, no, wondering no. that. No, but it's 1984. Justice League is, or like Man of Steel is set, what, 2006, 2007? 2013. 2013. Clark Kent is on Earth in 1984. I think he's still still a baby at that point, though. He's too young. Because how how old do we think he is in Man of Steel? Because he seems like he's about 20s. At 25? I want to yeah, I want to say he's in his late 20s, so... (laughs) Yeah. So he's in his late 20s. He's like single digits in 84. Okay. That's fine. I just, I feel like there's, I feel like there should be more people in the DC universe. There should be more. Uh, granted, I know it's, I know it's the DC movie universe. So everything mm-hmm. just could be starting up now. But I mean, for the, I mean, the one thing about DC that I appreciate is the fact that they take a lot from like, uh, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, ancient European history, and turn half of it into reality. Mm-hmm. With a worldwide event like this, there's got to be more special people like Wonder Woman trying to figure out what's going on. And you so know what they might have been. So to me, in this universe, <laughs> it makes no sense for a worldwide event to happen, even in the 80s, and only have one person trying to fight it. Well, I think I think is. part of it is that she's the one directly involved in it. Like she knows mm-hmm. about the uh, the MacGuffin that's causing everything, so that's why it's hers. And she's she's working independently, so she doesn't have a phone number where she can call like Martian Manhunter or insert Golden Age hero here. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not I mean. Not even her reaching out, just somebody like showing up or something along those lines or I just somebody think it contacting yeah. her. I think it might have taken too much time. Like, let's say the Atlanteans were still around, which I think they were. Like, the pre-Aquaman Aquaman would have been like, okay, something weird's going on in the world. I'm going to investigate. And, you know, by the time it got to him, they had already like, it was already like phase three or the end game of the evil plan. So he, it would have taken too long for him to figure out like, oh, I got to get to DC now. Well, and the other thing is, like, if you look at the, the, you, if you look at Atlantis, they don't want anything to do with the human world. Like, they, they flat right. out say that in Aquaman. They don't want any involvement in anything that goes on on the surface. So they wouldn't get involved. That's a good point, though, yeah. So. I don't know. I think, I think there could be, I think I, there's room enough in my brain for there to be other DC superheroes doing stuff right now, and we just didn't see them on screen. And, like, in the same way that Bruce Wayne was at that destruction of the building for Man of Steel, we just didn't see it in Man of Steel. We saw it later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all of that's possible. It's a movie set in a DC universe where fans can have their way with it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with all of that. It's just for how long this movie is and for the DC universe that, that we've seen so far – I was just figuring at some point that somebody was going to make a cameo. Like I was waiting for someone mm-hmm. to make a cameo in this and not the original Wonder Woman after the movie had ended, which I right. heard. Uh, well, which I heard, the, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Sorry. I'm yeah. Ranting. Yeah. I was no, ranting. Yeah. Sorry. Don't No, We're not in spoilers yet. So <laughs> I've got to cut that. Oh no. Um, uh, so, Okay, so what about the movie made it feel long for you guys? Like, without going into spoilers, did some sequences go too long? Do you think there were unnecessary sequences in general? Because I think if I had to pick, I'd say some of them just went on too long. Some of them went on too long. And the first act spends a lot of time building up to nothing. There's a lot of, we're going to linger on this shot for a long time and... You'll get payoff for this eventually, but we're just going to stay on this so you remember that there's a watch here. And we're going to mm-hmm. show you all of these pictures. And we're going to – so it's a lot of buildup. What made it feel so long for me is like, okay, we were watching it and we're about – I felt like we are about halfway through the film just pacing-wise. And we had to pause it to go get 
food or something. And mm-hmm. we had an hour and 45 minutes left. I'm like, good God, this is long. <laughs> I did not expect that. And in the theater, I wouldn't have known that. But right. just knowing that, like going back into it, I'm like, oh God, like this is really long. Do you think like um, streaming might have hurt it a little bit? No, I think, okay. I don't think that's the problem with it. I think it's more of a pacing issue with the, the, especially the first act itself. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, I can't agree with that a little bit because a little bit into the first act, I like turned to Romana and I'm like, there's no conflict here. Like people are just kind of doing stuff. Yeah. And I think opening on Thermoscaro was great. I love that whole opening competition thing that they did. Mm-hmm. But after that, it just really slows down. Like it's just like, yeah. hey, look, we're in the eighties, and Wonder Woman's flying around like she's Spider Man with a whip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say it. This is gonna be mean, but I didn't like the action sequences in this very much. Um, maybe I just I, I liked them in the first one. I don't know what they did differently. But she just did too much sliding or something. Like, there was a couple of sequences, especially in one of the opening fight scenes, where, like, she's just, like, skating around, like, not really walking. And I was like, I don't know. It just, like, rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why. Did you guys have that, or am I just weird? No, no, you're not the only one. Like, there, uh, here, I'll give you a prime example. She's running between Mm -hmm. tanks in Egypt, and her body's going, like, crazy, 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 crazy. But then her head's, like, interesting. (laughs) <laughs> like the her face is so like loose and like non-stressed and she's running at like 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour and there's not even like wind tension on the skin and like th- th- this isn't like a critique of her like this is just a physics thing like she's you know like running 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 and then she's like is the one tire flat on that tank? Like it was just one of those things where it was just, it was, it was that and the whole sliding thing. But I also felt like there were a lot of scenes that could have just been like shortened in this. Like, a, like mm-hmm. I, I, I watched this movie on my phone and I was wearing oh, wow. headphones. Um, and there was a lot of lingering shots where they were focusing on what people were saying in the background, but the subtitles weren't catching it. Got and it. as far as I'm concerned, if there's not a subtitle for something and you want to focus on it, don't. Mm-hmm. If you're going to focus on something, put subtitles with it. And I wouldn't have caught this if I wasn't using subtitles. So you watched it on and your phone. I watched it on my phone because I, I asked you a question so I could get it on my Xbox. <laughs> you must have been doing something else. And I was like, this movie's so long, I need to start watching it now. So I watched it on my phone. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry about that. Devin, what was your setup like it, it, for, it's, for watching it's okay. it? <laughs> oh, it was my living room TV. I was eating breakfast and, and actually having a really great time watching it. Nice. We yeah. watched it in, in, in our living room on our TV, but we just got new speakers for our sound system. Oh, so we had like theater quality sound and it was, it was awesome. That sounds so not what we got the speakers for. We got them for our turntable so we can listen to records, but I was like, Oh wait, I can connect the TV to this. And then look at that. That's so nice. Totally wasn't my intention, but it worked out great. Um, do we want to get into spoilers now? I think we should. We have to because everything else I want to talk about. (laughs) Same for me. All right. So if you haven't seen Wonder Woman 84, uh, now's the time to turn out. And then we will be getting into spoilers. So come back if you haven't seen it. And then here we go. Spoilers. So I think this movie could have also been called Wonder Woman When You Wish Upon a Stone. Yes. Wonder Woman The Bad Witch. Wonder Woman, the bad wish. Wonder what do you Woman guys? What did you guys meets. think? What did you guys think of the whole wish aspect of this? I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the 
dumbest thing in the world. Like, ooh, a wishing stone. Like, ooh, I wish I had coffee. Oh, look at that. I have coffee. And I'm thinking to myself, this can't be this simple. Really? Are they really going this way? And they did. And I I have to admit, it created a very interesting storyline. But the premise it's based on, in my opinion, is super... This is the first time you'll ever hear me say this. I'll probably say it again going into the future. But to me, this is lazy writing. Wow. I don't know if this is based on something real because I've never read the DC comics. I'm not a DC person. But to me, outside of all of that and this just being a film, that's lazy because that's too easy. (laughs) Devin, what did you think? Okay, I think think that I, I, I... I didn't have a problem with it being like a wish or whatever. And like the, the like God of mischief or whatever was doing it fine. It's DC. The first guy in the first one was a God or son of a God or whatever. Um, what bothered me about it was the mechanics of how the wishes worked, which I think confused me every time anyone made a wish. So like Cheetah made a wish that she was like Al Gadot. And then, like, halfway through, she's like, I want to be better than human. And, like, was the wish still working and she could just keep changing it? Like, and for some people, it happened instantly. So, like, the one guy was like, I wish we had more nukes. And then they had more nukes. But for some people, it happened in a realistic and gradual way. And some, for some people, it just, like, appeared. And, like, and then, like, when Pedro Pascal was the stone, like, he could set the bad terms for the wish. But how were the bad terms set when it was a – it was just, like, I was so in the freaking weeds with this wish thing – it just bothered me the whole time. Yeah, the whole consequences of the wish shiz was strange to me because yeah. Pedro Pascal had way too much power when it came to I get I get your oil and I get your security team. Like that's a right. lot. Like and it get it didn't really make sense to me that he was able to set those terms himself. I feel like the stone should have like even though he is a stone. It, it just felt weird that he was able to set the terms of conditions, like right. terms of use. See, see, to me, and this is exactly what I was talking about. And it, as soon as he was like, I want to be you or I want to be the stone and he became the stone and then he started doing that type of stuff. I just I threw the I I took my white towel of reasoning and threw it into the ring and I just <laughs> went with it because it, there's. The whole point of it is that, like, the stone takes something that is equally as important to you. So, like, for Wonder Woman, she wishes for Chris Pine back, gets Mm -hmm. Chris Pine back, but her powers leave. Because to the stone, or to her, the way that she perceives herself, her powers are as much as, you know, means as much to her as Chris Pine did. So mm-hmm. to get one, she has to give up the other. So I feel like the stone made it even. But as soon as Mr. Lord, which I find funny that his name is Lord, because mm-hmm. I kept on thinking of like, you know, religion type stuff, mm-hmm. was as, as soon as he got that power, the, the way I see it was that people can make a wish and then he can take whatever he wants from them as payment. So, so I mean, like, whatever that is. And then when he said the whole thing about the oil, and then he was like, I sold all my oil to the Saudis. I don't have any oil. And he's like, fine, I'll take your security team as, like, payment. Which was, okay, fine. But what I really would have wanted was a few times where, like, some, like a Secret Service agent, part of his security team, you know, somebody was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. It just seems right. And then they do whatever they were commanded to, to, to you know, to, uh, to do. And when it comes to the thing about, like, some wishes happen gradually, some wishes happened right away, like, I, that I didn't understand either. And yeah. again, again, the, again, like, this is where I threw my white towel into the ring and just went, whatever, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> So I complained the... a little bit. Oh, go ahead. No, no you, you go ahead. I complained a little bit during the movie, and I was like, "This is too magic-y for me." I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> and I was like thinking, like, you know, oh well. I, I said, I, I like in my head, I was like, "Oh well, Doc, you know, the the whole Marvel universe isn't as magic-y as this, and that's why I have a problem with this movie." And Romana goes, "She literally has a magic lasso. They tell you it's going to be magic." And yeah. Like, All right, it's a good point. Yeah, so the magic aspect didn't really bother me as much because mm-hmm. that is something that 
exists in the DC universe and even Marvel to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, so the wish thing kind of made sense to me. It, it felt like a story that you would read in a comic book, like the bad guys get the stone and the, they start granting wishes for everyone. Um, yeah. So I, I accepted it for, for that. It just got to be a little bit repetitive when he's just granting wishes every single line, mm-hmm. like shaking everyone's hand and like, which is weird in 2020, just seeing somebody go around shaking hands like that. Um, yeah. The weirdest thing for me was the Chris Pine aspect, like the whole Steve Trevor taking over somebody else's life, like somebody else's body, which was just bizarre to me. What did you guys think of that? Because I have I have some issues with it, and I'm curious what, to hear what you guys thought of that. If nukes can just appear out of nowhere, and if security teams can just be taken over, why can't Chris Pine physically come back on his own? This movie creates a lot of boundaries that don't make any sense with other boundaries. I think... <laughs> I think mine is more like the existential horror of it all. I think that Steve makes it very clear he was in heaven. Like, for real, heaven is a place. He was there. He said, I was someplace. I can't describe it. It was good. He got ripped out of heaven and put into some other person's body. What happened to that person? Yeah. And, like, I know that at one point, like, Diana was like, all I see is you. Was that, like, internally? Like, I, like... I, I don't know because I know that everyone else could see other guy. The way, yeah, the way they they film it, like the way they film that reveal is he's not Chris Pine, but he, she sees him as that. But everyone else sees this other guy. Yeah. And what's really weird about it to me is like the whole time for most of the film, she's like, I can't repent my wish. Because I can't lose you again. Not even thinking about what's happening to this other guy. Like, she just completely ignores all of the ramifications of this other guy. Which doesn't feel like Wonder Woman to me. Like, she's so Mm -hmm. obsessed with... And I don't want... Obsessed is a bad word. But she's so in love with Steve Trevor that she's not thinking about that other guy. Which seems out of character for her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the 80s, and the majority of the country voted for Reagan back then. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. (laughs) Hold on. So, wait, was was the president, was that Reagan? That was supposed to be Reagan. And that was was the most awful interpretation of Reagan I've ever seen in any film ever. Because I was looking. It wasn't even a jelly bean joke. I was looking for somewhere where it, like, said Reagan, and it didn't. And then, like, even the subtitles just called him president of the United States. They didn't call him Reagan. And I was like, is it just like, is this just such a bad impression that he's someone else? I got more Nixon vibes from him than anything. Right, kind of. The way that I see it is that this movie is like, there is so much in the, there is so much in this film that is not grounded in reality. But the stuff that is grounded in reality is just enough that the president should be Reagan. And the fact <laughs> that it was an older, over-the-hill white guy with the comb hair that he had, that should have been Reagan. And I don't know if they intentionally didn't go for Reagan, but it's the mid eighties. You do Reagan. You do, you, 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 you do not not do Reagan. Unless you do a complete alternate reality. (laughs) Yeah. So okay. the movie the movie does do something that I thought about that I thought was interesting that I think any other superhero movie would have done. At some point they make her lose her powers. They did this a little bit in Iron Man 3. And another maybe different superhero movie would have made her realize that it's not the powers, it's her. It didn't do that. It's all the powers. I don't know if I like that. Well, I mean, but it's truth. It is though. And that's what the core of this movie is. Tell the truth. Be a good person. Yeah. Okay. That's the moral of the story of this movie. <laughs> good. I'm glad you brought that up because that actually confused me. 
was the bad guy lying or was he just granting wishes? Because, like, at some point he's like, all right, I'm a liar. He was lying to himself from what I understood. He was lying to his son about what kind of person he was. Like, he, in his mind, he built up that I'm a good guy. Like, Mm -hmm. I am worth all of this money. I am successful. But mm-hmm. in the end, at the end, you see all of these flashbacks of his life growing up and how he twisted the truth in parts and was lying to his son. Like he wasn't a success. Like he was betting on this stone to get him everything that he wanted. So. Yeah, I guess that makes sense then, because he was. Yeah, they did show that he was looking for the stone for a while. Yeah. OK. I guess that makes more sense to me now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's one of the parts of this movie that I like. Like, I, it's like, it's like, I really like his character because I like where he came from. I like what he was trying to do. I like the inner conflict that he had. Um, mm-hmm. I actually like the villains in this more than I like anybody else as characters. Yeah. Well, the film does an interesting thing, and I think part of the reason they said it in 1984 is because you have three different 80s movies going on. You have the fish out of water with Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, which is kind of a flip on what they did in Wonder Woman, where mm-hmm. she she was like trying on the clothes and being new to the world of man. Here you have him oh. new to the world of the future. And then mm-hmm. you have Cheetah's story, the Kristen Wiig story, where she's transforming and becoming like more of a, more of a powerful person than a pushover like she was before. And then you have the Maxwell Lord stuff where he's just granting wishes and like that seems like an 80 movie, eighties movie in and of, in and of itself. Okay. So yeah. And I, w- I really want to get into what I mentioned when this, we first started this wonder woman meets teen witch have 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 either of you seen the movie teen witch that was that was made in the 80s no is that the one with tim curry what no no never mind uh no i have not obviously okay um so teen witch was a 80s teen movie Obviously, because it's a teen witch, and Kristen has been watching this movie off, off, off and on since she was a kid, and mm-hmm. I find it extremely entertaining. It's a teenage girl from suburbia who is not popular, and she wants to be popular, and she looks like Kristen Wiig as a teenager, mm-hmm. skinny, tall, blonde. Um, she's kind of pretty, but she's not fashionable pretty for the mid 80s and she's upset that she isn't you know that you know that like she's unpopular nobody likes her she's kind of a pushover and then she finds out that she's a witch and the first thing she does is wish to be popular and the entire part of and the entire first act or act and a half of this movie where Kristen Rigg is talking about how Deanna is so cool and she's so strong and she wants to know what it's like to be her and then getting the wish and then getting the powers and waking up in her office and being pretty. Like, I feel like they completely ripped off the character from, 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 uh, from, uh, from Teen Witch and gave Kristen Wiig that character from the movie because I, I mean it's it is it is exact i, I mean i think a, a lot of what they pull from this is like i think a lot of this is influenced by movies from the 80s like that um you can even say that there's a little bit of indiana jones with the egypt stuff yeah oh well, one of the things i kept definitely. hearing about the movie was that like this like harkens back to the old timey superhero movies like this is like this is an old-fashioned superhero movie like that's what this is I don't know if I understood that. Is it maybe they're calling back to like the 80s superhero movies again and they're paying homage to them? I mean, I don't know why you would. <laughs> I mean, Good point. I'm thinking, I mean, you know, like older superhero movies. I'm thinking of the original Superman films. And that's all I can think of. Yeah. And this is remind, maybe as close a bit to uh, Superman 3. But why would you want to emulate Superman 3? Like, I, I love Richard Pryor, but no. 
ไปอ don't know I I'm just there was just something about the movie that like it 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 looked like it did pay homage to 80s movies and that was cool it also looked like it was trying to cash in on nostalgia a little bit but it just took it from the wrong places I guess yeah I think that's fair I yeah what was nice about the first film taking place in World War One is that's not something you see on screen that often right but I think we've mentioned a few things that have taken place in the eighties that have come out in the last few years, like stranger things. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird to like, like eighties nostalgia to the point, to a point gets tiresome. And I, I feel like the movie suffered from that a little bit. Like I love the eighties and not just on VH one. Uh, I, <laughs> the eighty the eighties is a great time period to go to, but I don't think everything needs to be set in the eighties. I this movie was the first piece of 80s nostalgia that actually made me say, I don't think I would have liked to live in the 80s. Particularly when she went to that party, I went, I don't like this. Yeah. Okay, so party. Yeah, we're like the the like gala event or whatever. Okay, so what what about that turned you off for the 80s? It was like it was like the very like the part of it I wouldn't like. It was like garish and it was like I don't know it. It wouldn't have. I, I feel like I would not have liked a party like that. Because to me, it I didn't see any difference between that and and like the first time Batman or Batman or the, the the gala that Wonder Wonder Woman was at when she meets Bruce Wayne. Really, you like, saw no di- like it wasn't like the to neon me, there's colors. No difference. I mean, really, to me, there's no different. I mean, I mean styles. Yes, ne- yeah. there were neon colors. I wasn't really looking at the background, but I oh. mean, like. To me, when it, when it comes to like business casual or you know like media events, to me nothing's really changed except for tech. So it's very, it's interesting to me that you would mention that that is what makes you not want to live in the '80s and not like, you know, I don't know, the fact that cars weren't crash tested <laughs> the way that they are now, or you know <laughs> that cool. um. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I find it funny that that's your like. I don't want to live in the '80s. Galas suck. <laughs> For me, it's more of the uh, social climate, like just people being dicks. Like, yeah, like some of the attitudes that you see in this movie towards women are yeah. are very hard to watch because it's the '80s. But and, very real. Yeah. <laughs> And we're not perfect nowadays, but it was much worse in the 80s. And I think the film shows a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, like when they were walking, like, especially when Deanna was walking through that party, she was just harassed the whole time, I think. Yeah. Like there wasn't a single like time where she's allowed to just be her, which yeah. like, ew. And <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell with it. I'm going to say it. And she just yeah. got off the reshoots of For Justice League with Joss Whedon. So why'd you have to put her through that again? Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so I have I have a, a major gripe with this movie. Okay. And I'm curious if you guys picked up on this because I don't think you did. Mm-hmm. But I have, a, I have an issue with the soundtrack. And I talked about this a little bit with the uh, our friends over at Victims and Villains on their writers group chat. The the scene where Diana learns to fly. Yes. Did you guys recognize that music? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> well, you are on your phone. Um, so that music was from another film. Though. That music was from another film. It was from another one. It was it? Yes. So I know they pulled at least the like the Wonder Woman theme whenever she was like kicking butt. Like that yeah. was from the first. Okay. One. Well, let, let's talk about the score for a second. They brought back okay. Hans Zimmer. Who, after Batman v Superman, said, "I'm retiring from superhero films. I, I'm done with this." And then he's wow. come back to do Dark Phoenix and now Wonder Woman '84. So there was a video released a few weeks ago of Hans Zimmer with his band, like rehearsing the the theme from the beginning of the film. And Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot come in and like, "Oh, you can't take that Wonder Woman theme and make it majestic." And he's like, "Watch me," because he's uh-huh. Hans Zimmer. So. It's a really cool video. He did, I, I loved his theme in this. Like, I love how he took that Wonder Woman theme and expanded it for this film and made it more majestic. Hi, Romana. 
he made the score. He redid his theme to Wonder Woman from Batman v Superman and brought it in and made it more majestic and more of a superhero theme. So you get Hans Zimmer to do this movie. And then you have this, what is meant to be this iconic scene with Wonder Woman learning how to fly. And they pull the score from the movie Sunshine. Really? And I, this, this score has been used before in other films. I know it from Kick-Ass. Um, if you guys know Kick-Ass at all, the scene where Big Daddy dies. Oh, yeah. It's the music from that. It's the same, same music, less piano in this version. But I'm like, you have Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Do you, did he just not want to write like a superhero learning to fly theme again? Because he did it in 2013 for man of steel. Like, why are you pulling from something else? It seems so bizarre to me and it took me out of it. Is there a connection between the person who wrote that theme and the original wonder woman TV show? No. So there's no connection between the authors of that original music and superheroes in general. I don't believe so, no. Like, it's not even, like, a good callback. Is that such a weird choice? Mm-hmm. Um, I have issues with the with, with the theme song for Wonder Woman anyway, so... Why? I, I, I don't like it. To me, it Wait, doesn't like, fit. Like, like her, like, theme in this? I don't like it. I don't... I don't feel like it fits her. Um, it's... I, I don't know. Like, I just... It, it, to me, it's not her theme like i don't like it's almost like let's do a metal rock theme but not really metal let's make it hard rock but let's put some metal in there no that might be a little bit too much metal let's turn down the metal let's turn up the rock and then let's throw some synth and some like techno in there a little bit and (laughs) like i don't like it (laughs) that's weird i actually i would rather just be like an orchestra or something so ryan did you enjoy the revamped version of it for this film it was a little better but there were times that they used it that was just jarring like again in egypt when she jumps out of the car and she's running it into to, to the tanks and she's doing that head nod thing that i was mentioning before yeah they play it like it just starts and like it punches you in the face like like, there's no build up to it all right i think part of the reason why i don't like it is how they use it okay um so i have one more question about this movie and okay have we all been to the smithsonian Yes. yes okay correct me if i'm wrong but there's not an airfield at the smithsonian right no, there's definitely not. I did not know where that came from. Because this has happened before in movies, and I'm very confused by it. Because when uh, Diana and Steve Trevor go to take the jet, which is a whole nother can of worms, like, how can he fly a jet? Yeah. They, supposedly, they're at the Smithsonian, and she goes into the airfield and takes the jet. But... Mm-hmm. There's no airfield at the Smithsonian unless it's off-site, like outside of D.C. somewhere. Right, like he can't just take – and like – I don't know. I, that I'm Googling. Scene, good. <laughs> that scene, while we're talking about it, does the one thing that I hate that superhero movies and magic movies do is they go, I'm going to introduce this thing that's going to save our lives a second before it does it. Like, if they had talked all last movie about her struggling to make things invisible and it never worked out, and then she, like, tried again earlier in Act 1, cool. But she didn't. She's like, here's a power you never knew about me. Now it's happening. Go ahead, Ryan. I have something. Sorry. That's my pay attention to me dance. Um, <laughs> the, this is directly from their website. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Smithsonian's air and space museum maintains the world's largest and most significant collection of every, they have an airfield. They have an airfield. Wow. The museum's two buildings house aircraft. I saw it in the like summary on Google and then I clicked on here and now I'm not finding anything. Anyway, anyway, they do have an airfield. They do have an airport type thing. When, when I was down for management training, because I knew they had something. When I was down for management training in the Dulles area, 
there is a second Smithsonian Air and Space Museum building that looks like an airport. And when you go in there, they have a collection of, like, every significant, like, like, plane and, like, spacecraft or, like, a model of it. And they have an air traffic control tower. Now, granted, I didn't go to the back of the building, so they might have, like, a short airstrip. But there is a hangar. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm wrong. I still find it BS so, that Stephen would know how to fly a freaking jet. I'm, I'm not even touching that with a can of worms. Like, I'm like, not touching that. Yeah. I'm not touching that. Like, again, again, boundaries in this movie don't make sense because yeah. they're constantly changing the goalposts. So, <laughs> the other film that I know does that, like, we're in the Smithsonian, then we're in an airfield, is Transformers Two. Oh yeah! Like they run out of the Smithsonian, and then they're in the middle of an airfield in the desert, which is weird. <laughs> well, I mean, they Michael do Bay say logic. roll out, and they turn into vehicles. So maybe it's time lapse. Like maybe they did the, the maybe they did the cannonball run from DC to the Arizona desert. You're giving Michael Bay <laughs> too much credit. I <laughs> am not. I am giving Michael Bay just enough credit that he needs for it to be rational. <laughs> While we're on the invisible jet sequence, before we wrap this up, uh, I do think that's the one sequence that suffered from watching it on TV. I, I think agree. seeing them flying the jet with the fireworks going off in the colors would have been really cool to see on the big screen. Kind of not as great on a television. Probably not great on a phone either. I... Would agree if the build-up to that scene was worth it, and it wasn't. I, I like the sequence a lot. I think the weird part for it for me was that they would do this thing where they'd go, okay, this is our next objective. And I go, yes, they have a plan. They have an objective. They go, hold on. We got to show Steve some 80 stuff first. Where they were hey. like, we got to go find out why that stone made you alive. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, let's go take a tour through things you don't know about the 80s yet. <sighs> And I'm like, but I want to, I want to see the thing. Yeah. Yeah. There are two things in this. One, the depiction of DC when they were showing him like the, like the subway and they were going under that round building that's in Washington, DC. I don't know its name, but it looks like a donut Uh and they walk under it and he looks at the trash can thinking that it might be art. (laughs) Um, I think going into the air and space museum, there is more connection in that sequence to the division video game than in reality, because that's set in DC. That's the only time I'm going to touch on that. The second thing, um, kind of forget already, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> kind of. They, they made DC look very clean and very, very like forested in this, which was a oh, yeah. good job for them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they made it look a lot cleaner than it actually was in the mid eighties. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to touch on quick before we wrap this up? I, yeah, I just think the the villain had the best story arc or had the best character mm-hmm. arc of anyone in this. Okay. I think that's the only thing I have to say. This is the first time I saw Kristen Wiig in something that I actually liked her in. <laughs> you know, oh. challenge accepted. I might have something for the list that you might like her in. Because I don't like her comedy. Like, it's not a I, comedy. I, I'm not. It's good. not a comedy. And it has Bill Hader. That's all I'll say. Um, so, <laughs> looks like Wonder Woman 84 was a hit over the weekend, and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has been said to be moving full steam ahead with Wonder Woman 3. What do you guys want to see from a third Wonder Woman? Do you want to see them bring back Steve Trevor again, or... Chris Pine is dead. Let, let him rest. <laughs> Steve Trevor is dead. Chris Pine is well alive. Don't... Don't you do that to my Captain Kirk. Uh, I think Steve, I want Wonder Chris Woman. Pine, one of the same. I think I want Wonder Woman to learn something um, and not just use what she knows to teach everyone something else, I think. Like, I want, like, an actual, like, yeah, I want, like, a challenge to her character. Like, I want someone to be like, what you've been doing is, is wrong for these reasons, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want. Do, do you want to see it in a different time period? set before Justice League or do you want after, it post after it, post Justice League? Af- yeah. I want to see post Justice Are they planning on doing anything post Justice League by the way? Uh TBD. I'm not quite sure. Okay. 
to be I'd fair, like to, see I, it after. to be fair, I don't think they know what they're doing yet. So, because <laughs> there were rumors that uh, Zack Snyder might get his Justice League sequel. Uh, there are rumors that uh, people are pushing for Ben Affleck's Batman project to go to HBO Max. So wow. who knows what's going on? Like DC is such a mess right now. Mm-hmm. But hey, we got w- two we got two DC movies this year and zero Marvel movies from True. the MCU. I'm not counting new movies. I, w- <laughs> I want Wonder Woman to. I want a Wonder Woman movie to be set in the mid-early millennium, and I want the challenge to be, should I be living in the U.S.? Because, hmm. I mean, she's from a mythical island of godlike women. So, I mean, her culture is completely different than really any other country on the planet. So, even if she was living in Britain, Devin, or if she was living in Canada to the non-existent, to a, a possible fan in Canada that we have... Um, she would run into issues, you know, between her culture and, you know, generally ours. So I would like to see a one where she questions, you know, the way that she was raised compared to what she's seen everybody doing. Because, I mean, I mean, at some point, her being the only one off the island of her kind dealing with our mayhem, she's got to question something at some point. I mean, I don't think she lives in the U.S. in Justice League. I'm pretty sure she lives in Paris. Oh, so why is she living in Paris? I want that story. What museums? (laughs) You know what? You're being you know you're you're being way too rational for you were you were you were you were you were thinking about her character way too rationally for the movie that they just released. I'm talking about Justice League, which is not a rational movie. Uh, It's not. (laughs) I'm so excited to see this movie, you guys. Oh, I, I am so dreading that we have to make you watch the Joss Whedon Justice League before Zack Snyder's cut. Are you, are you going to have to do that, or am I going to watch the Snyder cut first? I'm so no. torn on what to do. I'm so yeah. torn. No, he's watching, he's watching the, first, uh, the original cut first, and then watching the next one. Okay. I think, you, have, I think you have to watch the Joss Whedon one to appreciate what the Zack Snyder cut will be. Okay. Um, I'm on board. So real quick before we wrap this up, the one thing we did not talk about because I cut it out of the episode because Ryan jumped the gun. Post, <laughs> post-credit scene. What did you guys think of Linda Carter's appearance? Useless. Why? It should have been in the movie. It was in the movie. guest appearance, <laughs> guest appearance with her not being in the actual freaking storyline. Not some like shit She was in the, the storyline. It was her armor. What? What part? What? It was her? It was supposed to be her. The one that was her armor? When did they yeah. say that? When, when did they make that connection? When she tells Steve Trevor the story of the armor. They, did she, she talks say that, who she, the... Yes. She, they mention her by name, and she says that she's been looking for her, but it hasn't been. Okay. Yeah. It's a, brie- it's a okay. brief blink and you miss it thing, but they do mention As... her. As... As a casual watcher, which a lot of people are, there are more people who watch these superhero movies who don't read the comic books and don't know these characters that well to have that loose of a connection. I mean, it's it's not a comic book thing. They mention her by name in the movie. It's her armor, that Goldar armor that she uses to fight Kristen Wiig from Cats is her (laughs) armor. Like... That's. They do not do a good enough of a job saying that. If it's just a name drop that takes place like in the middle of the film, which apparently it's not it was, just a name drop. I know though. exactly what you're talking about. It's not a name drop though. It's they do a flashback okay. to when she had to defend the the Amazons. I, I saw from a man. green eye. I saw a green yeah. eye. That was it. Is mm-hmm. that? Ca- is that the connection you're making here? Yes. Is, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, that is, was, that's what it was. Like, just I because so you watch it on your phone right and didn't now. pick up on it. <laughs> I so want to swear right now. No, that came off as an after credit scene. Okay. 
It wasn't even after the credits. It was after the movie ended, and then they have a woman in a blue dress walking along and catching a telephone pole, and she goes, oh, it's a weight balance thing. It's okay. I've been doing it for a long time, and smiles and walks away, and I'm like, this is the guest star appearance that I heard about? I heard... I heard... I heard that she was going to be in it. She wasn't in the actual movie. It was an after-movie skit. And you're telling me that I should have caught this by a green eyeball? No, the the payoff is the the post credit scene. You're not supposed to pick it up then. You're supposed to be like, oh, I wonder who if that's something that they're setting up for the sequel. And then they they give you that they give you that closure at the end of the movie. That's great if you know the Wonder Woman character inside it out. But the majority of people who watch this movie aren't like me. There is no real explanation for that. I guarantee, I guarantee that if you do a, a, a poll, a political polling, and just ask people at random, they would have no idea that the woman in the gold armor that got killed supposedly by the 300 men was her at the end. Devin, did you pick up on this or not? So I, I knew, like... Linda Carter's her name, right? I knew yeah. her and knew she was in this movie and knew that was her because my dad loved her version of Wonder Woman. So I knew that was her. I almost thought I heard it wrong in the part that Alan's talking about because she does say, I'm in D.C. looking for her. Or, like, that's why I moved here to look for her. Uh, and that's why she, like, has the armor. So I knew she was in D.C., but I almost thought I heard that part wrong because I was like, didn't they just show her die? So that did show me that she didn't die and I didn't hear that part wrong. Um, but I also knew did who that was. Did you know that the one in the gold armor was supposed to be Linda Carter? Not when they showed me when after the post credit. You're not scene, supposed to know when they exactly. show you, Ryan. Right, exactly, that, that's right. the whole point of the payoff of a post credit scene. <laughs> okay, but here's but here's my second part of that. So out uh, so so Devin, you didn't yeah. know that when they were describing that 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 was supposed to be Linda Carter. Okay, you didn't know that they didn't say during the movie. Yes, right. What in what what in that after movie skit connected it for you that I knew that Linda Carter was Wonder Woman and that was who I was watching. Like I knew that the lady that walked past was Linda Carter, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, the one that my dad loved. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's who that is. Got it. And she says her name at the end, too. So she says her name. She says her name okay. at the end. She's the, oh, the yeah. warrior from the flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what I, when I first picked up. I was like, oh, that's who they did. Like, and then they said it. Yeah, no, sorry. That, no, I, I can't. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I I'm liked sorry. it. I'm sorry. That's fine. I liked it too. I'm just extremely disappointed that her like, appearance didn't happen in the actual storyline. Because no, that's you what have, really ticked me off. Would you have liked it? Would you have liked it, Ryan, if she showed up for, like, the last battle and they had, like, a co-Wonder Woman battle? Like, would that was that the kind of payoff you were looking for? No, I just... It was a very confusing, vague connection. In a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, you make a statement an hour and a half in, in a, two, in a movie that's almost three hours long, and then... And then you take that vague statement that the majority of people who are watching this movie are going to throw away because it has nothing to do with the main storyline except for the fact that it's armor. Um, and then you bring up that name again, which these names are very, I don't, I mean, like, they're not simple to remember just offhand, just hearing it once. By your logic. <laughs> Nick Fury showing up at the end of Iron Man would not make sense. It wouldn't, but you told me about Nick Fury, and I was expecting it. Like how Devin who told was you about expecting... Nick, who told you about Nick Fury? Like in, the the, internet, in Iron because Man. Because I didn't care about spoilers back then. Okay. Uh, well, no, I'm just saying, like, okay, whatever. We're done with this. Like... <laughs> no, I'm sorry, we're done. Look, we're done. I'm serious. It's the end of the this show. This is coming from a point of view. This is coming from a point of view from somebody who's not like in this stuff. You are. So to you, like this I makes had perfect never, sense. Okay, no, I had never heard of that character before. I did not know Linda Carter was going to be in this, so I was surprised by that. The fact that you guys read it on the internet sucks to be you, I guess. Yeah, it's I didn't. I, I didn't know that she was going to be in this, so I wasn't expecting that. Um, 
Yeah, I got nothing else. <laughs> oh. I thought it was neat. I thought it was a cool throwback. And I liked it because it reminded me of the one that they did in the Hulk, the one that I like that no one else liked. Lou where, um, Yeah, where Lou Ferrigno was like a security guard. And he just like walked past mm-hmm. and like, oh, it's the other one. Yeah. It was fun. All right. So I think that does it for Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining. I yeah. mean, it's a good, I mean, it's a fun movie. I mean, I have, I have issues with it, but it's fun. It's a, it's a fun movie that I don't think I'll watch again. Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, so make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at <laughs> you have to watch this podcast. You can listen to us on Google podcast, Apple podcast. Wait, no. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, the iHeartRadio app, Amazon Music, and Alexa, and and TuneIn Radio. Um, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Actually, no. We'll see you later this week because we have three episodes for this week. So <laughs> This is a busy week. It is. Mm-hmm. So... We'll see you in a few days.